Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With NFL playoffs already underway and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, that's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V, right here on the Believe Network. I am joined, as always, by a man who spent a little time in the Pro Bowl, which we just had a couple weeks ago, former All-Pro safety for the Detroit Lions, and the newest inductee of the New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations to our guy, the interception leader, Glover Quinn. (laughs) <laughs> what's up man that's a great that's a great intro man i gotta give you some credit that's dope thank you thank you just gotta pay proper respect to the career and the career that continues to just the resume just keeps growing longer and longer congratulations on entering joining the new mexico sports hall of fame that is incredible how did you find that news out was it a letter a phone call how'd that go Oh man, it was um it was a phone call. Um they called me like last year. I guess they were doing nominations for it. Um cuz I guess that's how they do it. They have a board or people that nominate guys who they think are worthy, I guess. And then they go through the whole process of weeding out those guys and i think they said they started with 127 guys um and so i got um a message from somebody and i was like huh and i got on a phone call with him and he was telling me hey you know we're doing nominations for the new mexico hall of fame and this was last year um and i think he said, I think you are uh, a guy that should be nominated for the Hall of Fame. So he wanted to get more information from me and, you know, verify some stories and verify some statistical things, some biographical things, you know, kind of all that stuff to make sure you had all the facts and had it correctly. And that was kind of it. You know, I never heard anything. And then I think probably early January, right after the New Year's, probably second week of January, first week, somewhere in there, I got a um a text message and it was a guy from uh, the New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. And he said, hey, give me a call when you get a chance. It's the... New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. And I'm just like, okay. So I called him back. And um, that's when he told me. He was like, hey, man, I just want to uh, let you know, congratulate you that um, 
you are going into the New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. He was like, you know, we started out with 127 guys and, you know, we we weeded it down and down and down and we got it to eight guys and you were one of the eight. Um, He's like, it's very rare f- for us to have a, a first ballot, I guess what they call it or what you call it. He's like, most of the time guys don't get in on a first time being nominated but you are a first time nominee and and you got in and so um you know don't tell anybody right now we just wanted to give you the heads up um you know we'll be flying you out february the 9th or something like that 10th because we're going to do our official announcement of it and then we'll have the banquet ceremony the summer june 23rd i think it is and so yeah, so I kind of sat on it for a couple of weeks, couldn't tell anybody, you know what I'm saying? I told a couple of people that was like super close to me. Um, then I eventually told my parents and then I told my siblings and brother-in-laws and, you know, so uh, it was cool. It was cool. Very Pretty cool experience. And, and I mean, you know, when I, when, I, when I said something this weekend, you know, I literally told them, I was like, I, I can't even sit up here and tell you, like, that this is a dream come true. Like, I never even dreamt of this. Like, I never even thought one day of being in the New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that I grew up thinking. That's not something that I went out there playing thinking. Hey, I'm going to be in the New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame one day. I never even thought about that. Even when I retire, I didn't even think about the New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. I always think about, like, UNM, the school that I went to, you know what I'm saying? But the overall state, man, you know, and the way they do it is – they have a criteria, but, you know, obviously you got to either be born or live there for a while, have some type of connection sports wise to the state, basically. So you have some guys that, you know, they were born in Albuquerque and or, or New Mexico somewhere and probably lived there for 15 years and then they made it moved. Well, they still get considered. You know, um, you have some people like me who wasn't born in New Mexico, but I spent three years of my life, my college years there and then went on to represent the state and school in my pro career. So it's a lot of different things, I guess, criteria and and they felt like I was a nominee. They felt like I was worthy of it. And so they blessed me with that honor. Just very, very cool just to see that. Not not just your former university recognizing you, which they do, but the entire state of New Mexico saying this man is a Hall of Famer. So congratulations to you. Wasn't the only Hall of Fame ceremony you've attended in the last little while either. You were at the Houston Sports Hall of Fame and your guy, Andre Johnson, who went into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame, is also now an NFL Hall of Famer. What an incredible experience that must be for your guy to have been to say, Hey, I was there for a lot of these highlights. I was there alongside him. This is my guy and he deserves it so much. 
man, it's it's funny because I feel like I played with him in his prime peak years. You know, he got drafted in 03, and he was a monster coming out. But a lot of times it takes, you know, year five through nine is kind of what it's like your prime prime, right? And I got there in 09, so I would have been there in year six. So seeing him live and in color, year six, seven, eight, and nine was incredible. And, you know, I always had this thing with Dre because when I was getting drafted, going through the drafting process, this guy named Perry Carter, he was the um, assistant defensive backs coach for the Texans. He's actually from the same county that I'm from in Macomb, right, in Mississippi, basically. He's from uh, Magnolia. I'm from Summit. You know, he went to North – he went to South Pike High School. I went to North Pike High School. So the county is Pike County. And so my school was on the north side of the county, so they called it North Pike. His school was on the south side of the county, called it South Pike, right? But he was the assistant DB coach. And so every time he would call me during the draft, he'd be like, hey, GQ, hey, man, you know, if, if we draft you, man, you, you, you ain't going to be scared to cover Andre Johnson, right? If In practice, you know, you ain't going to be scared to cover Andre, right? And I'm like, nah, man, nah, I ain't going to be scared. You know, no, everybody, hey, they nameless and faces out here now. They nameless and faces. We don't got we don't know no names. Hey, we just competing. I was like, bro, if y'all draft me, I'm going I'm to I'm be ready to compete. And so they end up drafting me. And uh, I get to practice my first day of OTAs, and they got me in the slot. And the first person I had to cover in the team in the team situation was Andre Johnson. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, snap. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. I told him I wasn't going to be scared, but golly, I was, like, nervous. <laughs> Throwing you right into that fire. Threw me right in the fire, man. And. You know, Andre was such a big golly, man. I like I was man, like I was afraid to even talk to Andre. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a young guy. I remember me and Bryce McCain. He was a rookie cornerback that got drafted when I got drafted. He came out of Utah. I remember we used to come back to the hotel room every day and be like, hey bro, did you speak to Dre today? And both of us would be like, nah, nah, not today. And I remember going through OTAs. And mind you, I had a killer rookie OTAs. That really is how I got a chance to have the career that I had. Um, They drafted me as a nickel when I was in Houston. And in OTAs, I was playing the nickel as a starter, but I was also a backup as a corner on the outside. And I don't know if they just kept trying me or whatever. I don't know really what it was, you know. But I caught like five interceptions in OTAs as a rookie. And I remember catching one, and as I'm returning it, you know, somebody kind of like, stuck their hand out there like they was kind of tagging me off. He wasn't in the game or in the play, but the offense is just kind of standing back. You know what I'm saying? So you catch interception, you kind of halfway return it, yada, yada, yada. And somebody act like he's tagging you off. So as I'm running back to the defensive side so we can get, I can get back for the next play, 
I run right by Dre. And he stuck his hand out and gave me a high five because I had caught an interception. And so after practice, we get to the hotel. I told Bryce, I said, hey, man, they, Dre gave me some doubt today, bro, after I caught that pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was crazy, man. But Dre, man, he's uh, a, such a cool guy, man. He's quiet, soft-spoken, but he just turns into – uh animal on the field man he's um big strong fast great route runner you know and i had the luxury of playing with dre and calvin so i may be one of the only dbs really in the history that can legitly say that they got a chance to play with Andre and Calvin. So I got a real good sense of like both of those guys. And people ask me all the time, hey man, you you play with both of them. Who's the best? Who's the best? And I'm just like, bro, you just can't put me in that in that category, in that situation. I think I said, I said they both are amazing, different, both big, fast, but they're just, you know. Calvin probably was a better jump ball type of guy, but Dre probably was a better route runner. You know what I'm saying? But both of them big, fast, strong, incredible, hardworking guys. And so to see Dre get get elected into the hall, you know, the first in the Houston Texans uh, organization, to to go into the hall that's big for him big for the city and um it was actually cool to watch it man i was excited for him um i know he really wanted it and so um it was great 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 accomplishment i don't think it get i don't think it get any better than that from a professional football standpoint no it it really doesn't it's really the the absolute peak and to be able to say hey i was there alongside two Hall of Famers, because like you said, Calvin better jump ball guy, Dre better outrunner. Doesn't matter. They're Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers, man. Hall of Famers. So, yeah. However, you want to break that down, doesn't matter. They are in the Hall of Fame and so well deserved. It was really just such a great weekend of the Super Bowl weekend. We had the NFL award, CJ Stroud, Houston in general, just taking home a bunch of awards. CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's was the runner up. Really would have loved to see him get that. But then we also saw Will Anderson get the award. And then Andre Johnson goes into the Hall of Fame. And then we get the Super Bowl, which was a great game as well. So really just a great time for football and a great time for Houston. Yeah, I thought I thought it was, man. I thought it was a great, um, great time, man. For what, for what D'Amico did, you know, his first year and, you know, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, those guys, incredible year incredible year for those guys so they they deserve all the awards and all the recognition and attention that they're getting um you know they they deserve it you know it'd be interesting to see how the the second year is because you know teams will be ready for you they're gonna they're gonna be prepared a little different they're gonna expect certain things the expectations for you will be higher right um the expectations for you are higher so that makes it tougher in itself Right. You went to the division around of the playoffs this year. 
So now just making the playoffs isn't considered a great thing because you've done that already. They expect you to make the playoffs again. They expect you to get back to the division around again. They expect you to win that, right? Um, so that's kind of how you're judged and how you're looked at with, as far as expectations go. So you translate that to, you know, our podcast, the Lions. You guys waited all the way to the NFC Championship game. You're expected to go to the Super Bowl next year. Are you going to fall there? No, you're not. You're going to have to put in the same work, more work, more everything to get over that hump. But that's the game that we play, and that's how it is. And so um, I thought it was just an incredible weekend. And I don't know. I was telling somebody yesterday I was getting my hair cut. And I was like, I don't know if it's just because I'm a little more invested. You know, I've started going to games, really embracing being like a fan, um, really embracing being a fan. I said, I don't know if that's what it is or what. I said, but the Super Bowl seemed so much bigger this year. And I don't know if it was just because it was in Vegas and it just seemed bigger, right? It's Vegas is one of the entertainment capitals of the world. Betting capital, like, and so for the Super Bowl to be there, man, you didn't have any reports of bad weather, snow, rain. It's just a great time. And it's so many different venues, and it just seemed so big. I was like, man, the Super Bowl is, like, dope, you know. And the game was good, you know. Um, I mean, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. It is what it is, man. The guy's just, you know, he knows how to do it. And you, know, you put the right pieces around him, player wise, coach wise. He's just tough, man. Like, and, 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 you know, certain guys, it's not a bad thing. Like, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewan, Reggie Miller. I mean, those guys don't have championship rings because they just were in the same time as Michael Jordan. Right? Like, there's a lot of guys in the East. They don't have rings because LeBron went to the finals eight years in a row. Right? You just can't. That doesn't take away from those guys. It just sometimes you're going against guys that are just the greatest of all time for the most part. Right? Don't mean you're a bad player. Lamar Jackson, you're a great quarterback. And. Josh Allen and Tua and like it's just gonna be difficult for you guys to get over Mahomes. Just is. Don't take it away from you guys though. But I thought it was a great game. Yeah, great game. And as a Lions fan watching it, it kind of it, there there were times where I was a little bit bitter during the game, thinking, oh, you know the the. the the Lions should be here. The Lions really should be here. Look, look, look at the 49ers early in the game struggle to, to score points. The Lions would have more points here. And that just makes me so excited for the 2024 season, getting to experience that ride once again. And hopefully, 
this time around in the NFC Championship, the Lions do get the victory. And then you very well might be facing Kansas City in 2025 at the Super Bowl. Because I, I mean, what else is there to say other than Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, right? Right. You know, and like I said, I, I think the Lions have, I think they have what it takes. I mean, when you think about their roster, and I don't know the whole roster contractually in depth. I'm not going to sit here and say that I do. I don't really focus on those things. I just like to focus and talk about what's going on, what I see, what I don't see, right? I don't. Tim Twinneman know that, right? I, I don't know. I don't know the contractual situation for everybody. But it seemed like they got a pretty young team. A couple of key pieces. Obviously, they probably got to do something with Jared Goff here at some point. They probably got to do something with Amon Ross St. Brown here at some point. But outside of that, Sam Laporta is a rookie. Your running backs. I don't know what kind of deal they signed David Montgomery to. Probably a one or a two year, maybe three years. He's got two years left. I think he was a three yeah. year. He was a three year. Okay. So boom, he's locked in. Jameer Gibbs is locked in. So you're good there. Uh, Jamison Williams came in a little strong towards the end. He'll be coming back for year three, coming off, you know, two years removed from an ACL. So he should be getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think we started to see that towards the end of last season. So hopefully, you know, he come back super motivated um, because year three is a big year for first rounders, right? This is a year to determine if they pick up his fifth year option or not. So he's going to have to come in ready to go, have a great off season and, you know, be the guy that they wanted him to be. So I think that from that standpoint, all your skill guys should be back, you know, from that standpoint, offensive line wise, I'm not real sure what year Taylor Decker's in. And I think Sewell's a younger guy. I think he's still on a rookie contract and I don't know as Frank's, contract situation but um i saw something that said brad holmes said that he's going to continue to make the o-line the strength and so um whatever those guys situation are i think he'll take care of it um uh, as the team needs be you know um and then you go to the defensive side of the ball obviously aiden hutchinson is a younger guy he's going into year three so this is a big year for him as well right to um lock up his third, his fifth-year bonus, fifth-year fifth whatever, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they will pick up his fifth-year option. Um, you look at, you know, Brian Branch, he's a young guy. Jack Campbell's a young guy. Derek Barnes is a young guy. Um, Iffy, I think, young guy. Yeah, like a lot of those guys are young. They're on rookie deals. Um, I think they need to add, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what kind of deal Cam Sutton signed. Um, I think he's got another two years as well. I think he was. A he might have another two. Okay. Um, they should probably get Emmanuel Mosley back, and we'll have to see how he comes back off of uh, multiple uh, serious leg injuries. Um, I don't know the situation with CJGJ. I don't know what deal he signed. One year, two year. Um, I'm sure, Tracy's gonna be gone. 
So they'll need to get they'll probably get some veteran guy in there. Kirby Joseph will be going into year three. So I feel pretty solid about the secondary. I'm sure they'll add a, a veteran guy or another piece in there somewhere. Um linebacker wise, like Anzalone should probably be back. Like I said, Jack Campbell was a rookie, first round guy, so he'll be back. Derek, like those guys will be back. You look at the D-line, James Houston should be back healthy. He'd be going into year three, I think. I think they I think they got a solid group of guys that's coming back. And if they can stay fairly healthy, I think they can run it back. The, the thing would be, are they going to put in the same work? and more to to be better or or are they going to feel like they're going to just end up in the nfc championship just because they they showed up for the season and you know i'm sure dan campbell will you know have that under control and not let guys have that mindset and i think they'll come back hungry ready to work and and ready to take that next step and the super bowl is in new orleans next year so that's a short drive for me That'll be pretty easy. Be probably one of the uh, easiest things for me to do it throughout the playoffs. Hopefully, I'm flying to Detroit for a couple home playoff games. They lock up the number one seed, and then I'm driving to New Orleans for the Super Bowl. So that would be my plans for uh, for next year. Hopefully, that happens. And I mean, you know, I was telling somebody, I was telling my son, because my son, my youngest son, he's really into this football thing now, sports things, like just all sports, everything. And um, I was like, you know what, man? I think, I think, I think we could be fans of two teams. I'm like, I play for the Texans, I play for the Lions, I live in Houston. I said, Houston's an AFC team, the Lions are an NFC team. Yep. We could be fans for both teams. They play the regular season this year in Houston. So we'll go to the game, Lord willing. I said, outside of that, it'll be the Super Bowl when they're playing against each other. And if both of those teams happen to be playing against each other in the Super Bowl, then it's just a great day. We just go and enjoy the game. And, you know. I don't know. I just think it's kind of kind of fun. But I mean, like I say, my youngest one, he he like he just embraces all of it. You know, like he showed up to Super Bowl. He had on a Lamar Jackson jersey. Nice. Next thing you know, he changes, puts on my jersey. <laughs> He's playing with a Patrick Mahomes uh action figurine. He pulls out his Brock Purdy football cards. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like he just he just loves it all, man. And so I really enjoy watching him get into to sports. And you know, I I want him because he started out in soccer really as a huge Ronaldo fan. And he used to always be like, Dad, who's better? Ronaldo or Messi? Ronaldo or Messi. And I and I really wanted to hammer into his head that. It doesn't matter who's better. Both of those guys are the greatest soccer players, right? You don't you don't have to be an enemy of Messi 
just because you like Ronaldo. You can like Ronaldo and still respect that Messi is a great soccer player. So he loves Jared Goff. He loves Jared Goff, man. He wants to get an autograph from Jared Goff. And we came to the playoff game against the Buccaneers and I brought him. He was so close to getting an autograph from Jared Goff. Um, so he wants to come out for the during the offseason so he can get an autograph from Jared Goff. He got his Jared, he got a card. He wants Jared Goff to sign his card. He got a mini helmet that he wants. He's just he's into it. He wants the Jared Goff jersey. He said, I want to get a CJ Stroud jersey. I, like, he just wants it all. And it's just so cool to me. And I just want to support it and have fun with it. And so um, should be a fun offseason. Try to get him up to Detroit during OTAs when it's a little more laid back. And, you know, you can kind of see and hang out with the guys a little bit. Um, I think that would be fun. And, um, yeah, man, so. It's a beautiful thing, really, isn't it? It's a beautiful it? thing. Sports are just, they're so beautiful for your son to be able to just enjoy everything, enjoy every single aspect of it. You can be a fan of the Texans and the Lions, and if they make it to the Super Bowl the same year, that's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful day for you. Hopefully, it's the Lions making the Super Bowl this year. Ben Johnson sticking around. That's great news for the Lions. And we're also seeing a lot more Former players being hired into coaching as well. Nick Hardwick, the former Chargers offensive lineman. He's now the assistant offensive line coach for the Chargers. Daryl Tapp, who you played with, he's now the commander's defensive line coach. So it's just, it's great to see what football builds. Yeah, man, that's that's incredible. You know, Daryl Tapp, he was, uh, I played with him a few years in uh, in Detroit. And then, you know, he took the coaching journey. He was out in San Francisco. Um, he just got through at the Super Bowl, and so for him to get a a, a D line coaching job like that's huge. I mean, at 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 the Commanders, I think he went to college at Virginia Tech, so um, I think he's very familiar with that area over there. I think he probably even played for uh, that organization at some point in his in his career. So that's a huge that's a huge thing for him, man. And it's cool to see a lot of the former players get back into get back into the game, get back into coaching. If, if that's where they feel like their, their, their impact, their talent, their, their, you know, life takes them. Um, you know, I get asked all the time about coaching. And then for me, it's just at this stage of my life, it, I just see things a little different. You know, I got three, uh, I got three young boys, athletes at my home own house. And so I just think it'd be very difficult for me to live with myself, just knowing that, you know, I'm spending all of my time coaching grown men and really neglecting the time to be coaching and teaching my own kids. Like that's just hard for me. And so I choose not to do it. Um, and so it's not from a lack of love of the game, you know. And so to see, you know, former guys go and get these jobs and, and have success, you look at the Lions roster. I mean, Lions coaching staff, I mean, they got several of them from Antoine Randallel, Dre Bly, Aaron Glenn, Mark Brunel. Um, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. You know, they got almost a whole – coaching staff made up of former players and so i think 
you can build something great, especially if you have a great mix of those guys. Um, and so to see these other guys getting jobs, especially guys that I played with, it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's just more beautiful. more connects um, for me if I need to get into a Commanders <laughs> game. I need to hit you up, Tap. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. All these connections, all these former teammates of yours seeing success. Though I, I and I understand why you you're not entering into the coaching world. You're still gonna get those questions. I've noticed every time there's a game on and you tweet about the game, at least one to three people are gonna ask you to get back into coaching. So hearts <laughs> will remain broken. But I'm happy to have you here on the podcast, not coaching. Yeah, and you know, there. I mean, it's just it's hard because, like I say, people always say you know there's some kind of way you can be involved. I mean, it's it's very difficult from afar, just because you know the the people don't realize the amount of meetings and time and everything that goes into being a coach. Like it's a it's a lot. So. I mean, for me to be a part of it, I would have to be in Detroit or in some organization. And I really, you know, it'd be tough because I would really, the ideal situation would be Houston because I live here, right? Find some kind of assistant type of situation. Um, But I played recently in Detroit and, you know, I still have a lot of major connections in Detroit. And so it would be, you know, flights back and forth to Detroit weekly, um, even if it was like a, a off-season thing where it's like, hey, I'm going to be out Mondays and Tuesdays and work with the guys or, you know, f- whatever. And that's what I'm doing every Monday and Tuesday. Like, that would be tough. Possible. But it would really just be an off-season thing. Be, it'd be very difficult during the season. Absolutely. Too much going on. It's a school year and all that. Just too much going on. But we are lucky to have you here teaching all of us, coaching all of us up in the world of football. So Glover, any final thoughts as we enter the offseason, the Super Bowls in the rearview mirror, free agencies coming up in a month, then we've got the draft. So there's still stuff going on. But as a former player, this is vacation time for you. This is kind of when things would get quiet ahead of OTAs. Am I right? Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think, you know, this is a great time, and I said it last year for, for football fans. This is a great time to to uh, find a skill and increase it when it comes to the game of football. Is it an educational thing where you just learn more about the game, right? Learn more offensively or learn more defensively. It's a great time for you as, as a fan to 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 do that. Um, it's also a great time to, you know, dive into something else, you know, give something else all the time, energy and effort that you had given to football. Um, give it to something else. And I'm not talking about the players because the players, yes, it gets a little quieter and, and you and you need to have your break time. But I mean, guys that didn't play in the Super Bowl, they've been done since january the 5th you know they're a month and a half out they don't been on vacation already you know what i'm saying it's the ones that just that just played that's now it's time for them to go on vacation right but for most of those guys they're getting back into working right now it's mid-february you know otas and stuff will be getting off-season workouts you'll be reporting here come march april 
Um, so those guys are getting back into it a little bit. But it's just a great time to to figure out other things. And, you know, I always use the offseason to, to just dive into different things. And it may be something different every offseason for me. I might have went from a carpenter to, you know, did like I would build, like I would do all types of stuff. And a lot of those little things that I did were just fun things that I did. But you you learn new skills, you learn new things, you give your brain a break from, you know, football and you just you just sharpen some other tools. And, um, you know, now being in retirement, being able to use a lot of those tools and what I do every day with um, with my framing stuff. So it's actually kind of cool. And um, yeah. I got part two coming out today. Ooh, part two, and if you don't, and if you don't know what I mean when I say part two, I did a project for a guy from Houston that had a Patrick Edwards uh, Lions jersey. So Pat Edwards is the all-time leading receiver. And U of H, uh, he broke all types of records. And he went to the lines for, I think, two years or so like that. Um, so he's a big-time player in in Houston or the Houston area. Um, and especially at the, the U of H, the, the University of Houston. So he wanted to get the Lions jersey, but he wanted a little, uh, little shout-out to the city of Houston. He wanted to pay homage to the city of Houston, but he owned the Lions jersey. So we had to uh, put together some kind of cool for him. So I, I put out part one of the project of cutting the mats and, and putting the mats together. And today I put out the rest of how everything came together and what it looks like. So you can check that out. It'll be on uh it'll be on my socials at some point today. Yeah, so you gotta check out GQ Frames. Gotta make sure you're following Glover Quinn on Instagram because you cannot miss all of this great content. The framing content, that one especially was just chef's kiss. Beautiful, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. You know, and I, I enjoy making those little reels. Um I used to didn't make them. I used to, you know, didn't want to take the time to record. Because once I got in there and I got to work and I just I didn't want to think about the camera. And then um once you start recording it, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. So now my brain thinks about it. So I record probably everything. Now I don't use everything, but I probably record probably everything. Different angles, different stuff. It's it's fun. And then you make the little reels. I mean, I like making them. I like to just put some good music on, man, and just show a little bit of the process. Nothing too crazy. It always gets you excited, too. The music you pick is always perfect. It always just, whenever it comes across your timeline, it just always gets the juices flowing. So make sure you're following (laughs) Glover on Instagram. Make sure you follow GQ Frames. And make sure you're subscribed to the Believe in Lions podcast. You're staying tuned with us. We will be back to talk all things Detroit Lions. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.